Mark and Cara both told me, folks, that it's very interactive. So anybody at 361 Firm wants to ask some questions, shoot them to me. I'm happy to answer those. My business partner over here, Mark Lapresti, will probably get a chance to do some of that, too. But, yeah, I'm a former uh, or recovering uh, pro football player, and now for the last 40 years I've been a trader. Um, so I know what you guys go through. I actually have skin in the game every day, so I don't just talk about it. I think all you guys that actually do this know that days like today are really painful. Um, I watched Bitcoin down to 33-something, and I wanted to slip my wrists. But it came back up. It's 35.2 right now or something like that, so I'm feeling a little bit better. Um, but when you really have skin in the game, I think you view the market differently than when you're just talking about it. And so uh, uh, when Carr and I had a brief conversation with Mark, um, I said, here's what I think. I think the sorts of moves we're seeing right now in the market are telling you that uh, obviously the market's nervous. I've been saying that for weeks on CNBC. Every rally they'll sell. Um, not forever. Not forever. But there were a lot of people that, for instance, we measure all kinds of things. Carr was nice enough to mention about uh, Heat Seeker. We look at volumes of trade on the offer or on the bid. And when it's trading on the offer, we're bullish. When it's trading on the bid, not so much. And what we had seen for the last three weeks straight is just hammering um, on the market. And whenever the market rallied, we'd see about a 20% decline in volume. To us, that tells us that people weren't accumulating on those updates. It was some people being liquidated and other people being uh, smart and holding off on their shorts until the very next day, and then they'd pounce again. I think we're not that far from having that end, and here's the two reasons. Number one, I don't think the Fed is going to announce that they're ending QE tomorrow or Wednesday, and the markets are nervous about that because whenever there's a big unknown, markets are nervous. Two, I think the uh, Fed is unlikely to do five rate hikes this year. I mean, those of you who have watched know that we peaked at 191 or something like that for the 10-year last week uh, when Carr and I were in San Moritz, not caring about the markets nearly as much. Um, and then uh, now it's 171, 172. So that's 20 basis points swing in a little over a week. Um, so I think the market's telling us they're not anticipating those five rate hikes that Goldman and all these other analysts are saying that we might see. I think that'll be a good thing if we don't see that. I think the Fed should have moved last year, but now that they've waited so long, I think they can be a little more patient because the damage is done as far as inflation and things like that. And if they really hit it right now with both barrels, then I think the damage gets worse. So overall, my opinion is that we're going to see um, the market meandering around as we play with this 2% interest rate on the 10-year, but not an explosive move to 275 or anything like that, like five rate hikes might apply. So that's my opinion. Um, how am I expressing that? In the short term, I've been rolling down puts. Puts are, of course, the right to sell because I'm a derivatives trader as well as stock. So when I see a lot of put buying, I want to run with those guys to the downside. That's what we've been seeing. Um, we even saw some crazy activity in the VIX today. People were buying February 110 calls in the VIX. 
they're not saying the VIX is going to 110, but the VIX was at thir- uh, the VIX future for um, February was at 31 at that time. They're buying the 110s. Come on. Um, I think that's just a protective trade by somebody that probably one of you guys has money with that wanted to tell you that, look, I've got some protection against the market, and they didn't want to get hurt too bad if it didn't work because those are so far out of the money. Um, But there were a lot of uh, signs that maybe people were, you know, it'll depend a lot right now, folks, and again, you guys know this, but end of the day is margin calls. We're going to see margins. That means people are being liquidated. Whatever you didn't sell when you had the chance, they will be liquidated into the belt. If that isn't huge, um, then I think we're done for the short term. As far as today may have been a a liquidation event. And my friend Robert right here had a quick question. I want to be respectful. He's always the first question. Is that right? Yes. Out of curiosity, what was a great football weekend this weekend? Oh, great great weekend. when you were a player, were you trading then, and how did you kind of get the sixth sense of getting into this? Um, was I a, was I a, when I was a football player? Was I watching and trading the markets more or less? Um, and he said it was a great football weekend. It was great, except my friend Aaron Rodgers got robbed um, because his freaking special teams couldn't keep the guy from blocking the kick in the first half or stop him from coming back and blocking the punt that gave Kansas City, I mean, not Kansas City, sorry, gave uh, 49ers their only touchdown. So anyway, um, but... Yeah, oh, and why didn't he squib that kick, right? Why didn't you squib it? You got 13 seconds left. I understand, big man. I understand you don't want to give the ball to Tariq the streak, but you, you, so you, you, you know, sidekick it into the second line players, let them try to grab it. Yeah. They'd have no time left. Rob, is that your question? But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) But Robert's uh, question, did I trade when I was uh, a football player? I was a football player for so short, Robert, that that would be high frequency. I only played four games. So, no, I didn't. But all the people that came out to watch us practice and uh, for the games and things in Chicago we were the Bears have a facility up in Lake Forest so a lot of the people up in Lake Forest a lot of the gentlemen especially are traders and so who's out there watching us practice at 334 in the afternoon traders because the corn traders are done at 115 in Chicago and the other traders are done at 3 or 315 so they could all be up there watching us and they were almost every day so I got interested in the markets, more interested at that time, and then because Chicago had so many exchanges, we used to have 8,000 traders on the floors. Merck, Board of Trade, Midwest Stock Exchange, Midwest Option Exchange, Chicago Board Option Exchange, we had more traders than any place in the world. Now there are probably 400 in the whole city, um, and maybe 300 of those are on the floor. Everybody else is in Texas or down here in Florida because they did away more or less with the trading floors, sadly. Um, But it was great competition. It was fun to bang it around with guys. You actually got to use a little bit of your size as well as your aggressiveness (laughs) on the floor. So that was fun. But, you know, it, it doesn't help if you're wrong on the market. The only way I've done this now for 40 years, only way you do that is discipline, discipline, discipline. When I'm wrong, I cut my losses. When I'm right, I let the winners run, and I keep snugging a stop 
up against it um, so that I can take as much off the table as possible. So I'm not smarter than everybody else, but I am super disciplined. And that goes from getting up at 5.30 in the morning to work out. Again, you guys know this. I'm not seeing lots of folks walking around here with a belly out to here. You guys look like you're taking care of yourselves. It starts with that. Discipline with eating. Pickleball. Pickleball. Yeah, they tried to get me to go play pickleball. I've never played it. So next year, maybe if you invite me 361, next year, maybe then. I hope that answered that. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Nicole. Oh, my, my question is, I think um, you know, there are so many crypto companies and different coins that keep coming out. How would you recommend someone new in the space getting into it? Like, what would you look for? Sure. And I'm going to repeat it just so the people watching at home from the 361 firm can hear that. More or less, how many new coins a day are there? Over 100 every single day. Um, most of them will fail. Um, most of them will never break into the big time. Um, but there are a lot of great protocols and a lot of firms that are using tokens to do their funding. Um, so I think that uh, uh, what I look for when I'm making a crypto investment, like, for instance, with my business partner over here, Mark, the guy that looks like a Gucci model or something like that. Um, when I'm looking to do that, we're always looking at what does the protocol do. Um, so like Filecoin, what does that do? Well, storage. I mean, storage uh, and to have a coin that funds that storage and so forth. Brilliant idea, I think. Um, some of the ones that make it uh, move faster through the blockchain and things like that, like Solana and HBAR, are two more examples of, so what do I look for? Usability, rather than just, oh, I have a great idea, let's put your healthcare on the blockchain. That's not a bad idea, but there's only like three or four hundred companies doing that right now, so I don't know what kind of edge anybody has in that. So what I'm really looking for is some sort of unique proposition. One of them that we have is this DAO, this Decentralized Autonomous Organization, DAO for EarthCoin. Um, Mark and I are intimately involved with that. They do things to help save the planet. And every time the tokens get used, a little money gets shot over to these various charities and things like that. They don't have to be charities. They could be for profit, but the people that are doing it right. And um, I love things like that. And believe it or not, those are outperforming against the crypto market right now, even though they're down too. They're not down nearly as much because they have a real use case. And a lot of what you'll see because of Putin, I mean, because with China was the big story last year, now it's Putin. Is he going to be the guy that shuts crypto down in all of Russia? Not just, you know, mining and things like that, but you can't even own it. I mean, we don't know that for sure, but that's the threat. And uh, these decentralized, you know, DeFi, the reason that's so big is that nobody can shut down DeFi. You could keep Russians from owning something on a centralized exchange. You can't stop them on a DeFi because there is nobody that's the oversight of that directly. No government is able to do that. As long as the Internet's up and running, you can trade and you can move money around the world through those tokens and things like that. Sir? I have to ask a question. Now. I said I have to ask a question. Okay. Rob asked one. Then he's the number two. In our this group. is the number two. <laughs> Metaverse. Yes, sir. And 
coins that are tied to metaverse, like decentralized. Yep. Question is, I'm going to repeat it again. Some of you in back didn't hear it for sure with the people watching. Um, metaverse. What's going on with that? What about Decentraland? Um, what about the, the places that are uh, going to be making this money? We're investors in several of those kinds of projects. Um, we were, in fact, I got a great, I thought it was an honor. I got to uh, interview and meet with uh, Tara. Um, what was it, Sebastian, uh, Sebastian, no, Sebastian Bordar, anyway, I'm butchering the poor gentleman's name, but he is the co-founder of um, Sandbox, one of the big players in that space, and he was over there at San Moritz um, talking to all these folks because it was a crypto conference. I'm a big believer. Um, I have seen, and you guys have probably laughed about it too, boats, like, you know, Yachts in the metaverse trading for $600,000. Um, I know a young guy who's building cities where you can go fight. If you're a Call of Duty or World of Warcraft or Fortnite, whatever, you can go, you can own the, uh, the, the area where these guys fight. And it's a unique area, and they have to pay you rent to go in there and fight against each other and all that kind of stuff. I love that. So um, I'm not saying that that lasts forever, but I am saying that um, people will have these various virtual lives that they live online through the metaverse, and I think the, that the plays like Sandbox are great ways to play that. I hope that answers. Thank you. You're welcome. What about zombie presidents? What about zombie presidents? <laughs> well, we're, we're also minting NFTs. And uh, it's a good thing Weinberg's not here because he... Is he here? He's maybe somewhere in the back. He's hiding in back. We're announcing that on Wednesday. Yeah, we're going to be announcing zombie presidents as an NFT. And when you guys see it, you'll laugh, but then you'll be shocked to see that, for instance... Kara and I, we met each other both overseas and then on the bus. We sat next to each other. And we went into a charity auction for UNICEF where somebody paid, I think, 10 ETH, which at that time was uh, $33,000 for um, various uh, uh, NFTs. Uh, they sold like five NFTs, I think, that night. Two of them sold for over 10 Ethereum. So that's, again, it was 3300 bucks or thereabout. Let's call it $33,000. Um, it's not uncommon at all to see these things go from one and two Ethereum to, you know, 40, 50, and all of a sudden you're talking about crazy numbers. So they are collectible. They're one of a kind. And they're provable that they're one of a kind and secure because it's on the blockchain and so forth. So I'm a believer. Do you own a punk? Do I own a which? A punk. A punk. No, I don't. A board ape? A board ape, I do, but not a punk. Um, and I, I think my brother and I have split a uh, zombie ape or whatever it's called. Uh, um, which one? We mutated our ape, yeah. But it looks like a zombie ape. It looks like his face is melting on one side or whatever. And probably, but I, I tell you what, I'm glad I did because I paid like 3,900 Ethereum. We each put up when Ethereum was 3,900 dollars. I'm sorry, uh, per coin. And I did that. This one has gone up in value while my Ethereum has dropped. So. Getting, and I think one of the things about NFTs, the appeal is 
that a lot of people just want to maybe lighten up on their coins a little bit but not leave. Um, and so they lighten up by owning some of this art in hopes that, of course, it appreciates like that. What protocol are we building that one on? Uh, on the zombie presidents yep. on Ethereum. Thank you. Um, we've got, got zombie artists too, right? Yep. We've got our own zombie artists. We helped launch a uh, one of, Mark, is it still one of the most successful NFT launches? Yeah, it was the, the most successful private sale NFT history, the Boonzy Project with Brendan Murphy, a uh, pretty well-known contemporary artist. Brendan's going to be with us uh, Wednesday at our event next door at Eden Rock at a VIP event later. And we're actually working on a project right now where uh, we're taking these NFTs using augmented reality to take NFTs into the metaverse. So you can buy your NFT, your favorite NFT, Use this augmented reality technology and go into the metaverse on a sandbox or the essential platform and interact and play to earn. It's, yeah. it's where it's all headed. And it is one of those things that, like board apes, you might never know who did board apes. Um, but Brendan Murphy sells statues that are about seven feet tall of spacemen in you know full regalia, and he's got words and so forth, phrases written on the spaceman's outfit and so forth, and it's dancing or it's doing, you know, whatever like this, but it's a spaceman. And he sell, sells those. I think Serena Williams is a collector. These are the real pieces of art, though, you know, hundreds of pounds. Um, and now he's into the NFT space. And so what I'm, I guess, trying to point out there is that the people that are, are already recognized artists that are getting big time involved in NFTs are going to drive even more interest than, you know, zombie apes and things like that because these are real artists that have recognized followings um, of professional athletes and everything else that buy their works. I think his statues routinely trade for $700,000 to $800,000 for these statues. And the NFTs, um, when we did it with them, $40 million? How many total? So the private sale was uh, 17 million. Private sale was 17 million, and I believe that they're still up over 40 as far as the values because of the appreciation. Just in the last, this is like a month and a half ago, folks. So you know, those are those are nice returns. Yes. So specific question and general question. Specific is Jack Dorsey and Square and now uh, Black. Since he announced he's the commitment to blockchain with the switch of the block, uh, the stock dropped by 30% and it's yeah. going down. So the specific question is, what do you think, how secure is Dorsey in his position of a public company? And more general question is, if the big public companies are going into this very volatile space, what should we expect? Okay, so shortly and quickly, what should we expect from companies that are going into um, things like Bitcoin, blockchain, uh, NFTs, all this sort of stuff? And Jack Dorsey specifically, um, since he's changed the way that block works. Block, as you guys know, was that little square block, used to be called square, but you dragged your credit card and then uh, became a... a, a, a a, uh, a fintech play. Um, and then Dorsey was so in love with um, blockchain and uh, um, Bitcoin and various protocols 
that he wanted to make it block because of blockchains, um, but it still works for his little block that you know people connect to their phones and so forth. Um, but I think uh, the reason it dropped was just fintech was getting pounded. I don't think it was his decision to go into that space. His timing was lousy to announce it at that time, but I think that there's huge potential there. I mean, the two of the biggest in the world right now are, of course, PayPal, which has almost 400 million people on it, and that one, um, now they're taking Bitcoin and so forth, um, and I think Jack Dorsey with Square doing the same thing, but with a smaller number of people, um, are further endorsements of this technology, if you will. Um, but I think the timing was probably not great for that announcement. So I would be a buyer of Square down here at these levels. Or a block. It, it's going down, so maybe it's time to do it. Right? Yeah. Thank you. Are we out time? We are time? You're, you're in charge, man. Uh, well, I want to ask a little question. You're a full-time resident of Puerto Rico now. Is it hard to uh, be, go into town and not run into five crypto people? Cara's question is about Puerto Rico. I live there now. Um, I'm a resident. I bought a house there last year. I love it. It's 85 and sunny every day, except when there's a hurricane. But other than that, 85 and sunny. It rains for like 10 minutes every morning, um, and so I never have to water the lawn or anything else. Um, and uh, as you probably know, it's 0% capital gain, 4% federal, as long as you live there, 183 days. Um, but uh, you can't walk around, in, and Kara and I were talking about this on the bus, you can't walk around San Juan um, and not see 10 people from hedge funds, and in particular crypto, in San Juan. They are everywhere. So we, collectively, are taking over, um, and uh, it's... Soon it will be where almost all the crypto people are in the United States. Because, again, if you're trading actively, you don't want to pay that 40% plus your state tax. Don't pay it in Florida, I understand, but when you can pay four. So if you're trading in and out in crypto and things like that, you're going to want to be down there in Puerto Rico, I think. And the real estate prices are up like 300% year over year. It's not like small little jumps. It's like massive leaps to the upside. John, a lot of this, uh, well, let's call it a mixed crowd, it's not just crypto people. Um, what do you say to mixed crowd? Is this a good time to get into crypto? What, what you sure. Uh, Cara's question, uh, mixed crowd, some of you are really into crypto, some of you aren't and are mainly equity and bonds, and is this a good time to get involved in crypto? It is. Um, I tell everybody, don't ever get that fear of missing out, the FOMO, and chase it on the way up. Wait for pullbacks. It always gives you pullbacks. Always. Um, it's not the same as a stock, um, because obviously Apple might go from you know, 80 million iPhones to 110 million iPhones or whatever. but. Um, Bitcoin gathers its value by its scarcity. There's only 18.8 million of these things out there. Maybe somewhere several hundred thousand to perhaps a million have been lost forever by people that have been sloppy with their wallets and all that kind of thing. So if there's only going to be 21 million of these coins, Michael, um, then boom, couldn't see it. If there's only going to be 21 million of these coins ever minted, um, I think 
that uh, that means that we're going to see a lot higher prices. Mark already gave his prediction on your uh, 361 firm that he thinks over 100,000 this year, um, probably 60,000, but he says chance at 100. And I don't disagree. I think we can get there. The wider the distribution gets of this technology and the understanding, the higher this thing's going. So I do think it goes to half a million bucks and so forth over the next five years. And I own Bitcoin, Ethereum, Sandbox, HBAR, um, Earthcoin. So I, I probably own a total of 15 or 20 different tokens. Um, and I'm very happy. And I think if you guys looking at days like today when the market was down as hard as it was in Bitcoin, um, starting to put your toe in the water, and if you only buy it on dips and just catch a couple here and there, all of a sudden you'll get addicted to it. And then you'll uh, want to be part of this thing much bigger once you understand it and you have a feel for how it works. So with that said, Cara, thank, thank you, you very so much. much. I look forward to seeing it. I'm not leaving right now, but I know you've got other speakers. Thank yeah. you, guys. Thank you.